Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was, just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours, I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show.
What are the rules? What are they? What should they be? Are the rules now set in stone forever? Should rules change from time to time? What are the rules for your life? You personally, you have a set of guidelines that you try to follow. I'm sure you fail because you're human. You have a certain set of priorities, a set of things. I will do this. I won't do that. Or setting that aside because, I, like I said, I know you've screwed, screwed up plenty. Look, if I have, then you have. <laughs> Wait, Chris. A set of things in your life you want to do or a certain set of things in life you don't want to do. I believe it is important to work hard. I definitely don't ever want to murder somebody. And then a whole bunch of things in between, right? I think it is really, really important to be a good mother or father for my kids. Boy, I really hope I never do meth. Okay, that's you as a person. Now, your society, your neighborhood, town, state, country, however you want to view it, your society, what are their rules for society as a whole? Are they set in stone or do they change? And along the lines of something we've talked about before and we will talk about again, let me ask you something. What are you willing to do personally to make sure you live in the society that holds up the values you treasure? Okay, setting you personally aside, what are you willing to allow others to do on your behalf to ensure you live in the society you want? But what is, in your mind, the worst society out there? You know, maybe we shouldn't dig into that too much today. But look, let's do it. Look, China, even if they're not the worst, I'm sure there's probably some smaller ones. I'm th- I'm North Korea is probably obviously. Well, North Korea is probably an even better example. You know what North Korea is like, vaguely. You know there are people starving to death all over the place. Regular civilians. You know they have... Active concentration camps all over North Korea. And if you've ever heard the stories about the forced labor camps and what they do to these people and how they do it and how these people risk everything to escape sometimes and sometimes they don't because, oh, oh, you want to escape? Oh, that's fine. We obviously have a record of uh, your wife and kids and cousins. We're just going to go kill all them. That's not some Nazi horror film. That's today. Complete nightmare. I mean, 
it's a great conservative talking point about freedom versus tyranny, but it's heartbreaking when you think about it. There's a picture out there. I'm sure you can Google image search this of North Korea and South Korea at night. Obviously, they're attached, and you see South Korea, and look, it's out there. It's a real image, and there's South Korea lit up, beautiful, free, and there's North Korea just black. Okay, let's say that's the worst society out there. It's certainly in the running. Do you want to live in that kind of society? No. The answer is obviously no, right? What would you do to make sure you, your kids, their kids, their kids, their kids, and their kids didn't have to live in that kind of society. Again, I'm not just talking about you. What would you do to make sure your people never had to live there? What would you allow somebody to do on your behalf to make sure nobody in your family ever had to live there? I do a lot. I uh, I pick up a weapon and, and go fight. Okay, good. I'm glad... I'm glad you're in that mindset. Me too. Who would you fight? Enemy troops? Of course you would. Good for you. Good for you. Enemy troops. Women? Children? Could you walk across the street now to your neighbor's home, kick in his door, kill his family, burn down his house if it meant avoiding living in North Korea. You know, it's Columbus Day today, or Indigenous Peoples Day if you're in San Francisco, but I did think it was appropriate we touched on some Indian stuff today because you know I love Indian tribes. I geek out on that stuff while not presenting them as these saintly nobles and the, the evil Europeans. I, they, they were all good and they were all bad, and we'll cover that today. But I thought it would be appropriate for today to talk a little bit about the Revolutionary War and America's hero on our dollar bill, George Washington. You know George Washington. Did you know he spent an hour on his knees in prayer Every single day, that humble, that devout. And did you know he wiped out an entire Indian confederation, including women and children, on purpose in order for you to live in the free country you live in? Didn't know that, did you? And let me obviously be very clear about something. I'm not saying he was wrong. I'm not even necessarily saying he was right. Back to what I asked at the very beginning of the show, what are the rules? What is right and wrong when it comes to societies and what you're willing to do and what you're willing to to endure to live in the kind of place you want? 
I, I, it's easy for me to sit here and tell you if it meant that my kids and the next 10 generations after them could live in America versus North Korea, I would do anything. It's so easy to say, isn't it? I would do anything. It's a little different when you're thinking about staring a five-year-old in the face as you pull the trigger. If that sounds ugly, that's because it's ugly. And not only that, this war against the Iroquois Confederacy, it was here. It was home. They were neighbors. It gets ugly. Now, let us set up where we are at this point in time, because this is actually the year 1779. So the war has been going on. The British, frustrated, is putting it mildly. Here's the situation the British are in. They have just changed commanders of their North American forces. They had a guy named Howe. They've chosen a guy named Clinton. Why? Well, I'll explain. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You have to have an auto protection plan these days. I I don't have another way to put it. Uh, a couple of my buddies are mechanics, as you well know. It's a, just one of those fields that has changed, as they've said. And look, let me just put it to you frankly. They've told me flat out, with the advanced technology now in these vehicles, it just is going to cost a fortune now and in the future to fix your car. That's why every time your car has broken down in recent years, you've been shocked by the sticker price. So get an auto protection plan from CarShield. They're America's number one auto protection company. They have a whole bunch of plans. They even have flexible payments. I mean, geez, you picked a mechanic. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Don't forget to use the code JESSE. Saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. Why did the British commander Howe get fired and why did Clinton get hired? Remember, whenever we talk about the American Revolution, it is this humongous world event and critically important for history now, as we look back on it now. At the time, here's what it was. It was an extension of the everlasting battle between British, between Britain, France, Spain, unless they're so Portugal, they were South America, but Britain, France, and Spain 
to simply control a new wealthy colony. That's all it was. They're trying to control a colony. They're trying to gain a foothold in a colony. They're trying to push their people into the colony on purpose, on purpose because remember, as we talked about it during the Lewis and Clark show, even once they bought the Louisiana Purchase, they really wanted to push Americans out there because possession is nine-tenths of the law. It really doesn't become yours until your people occupy it, build cities, commerce, forts, so on and so forth. The Americans were in America because the Brits wanted them there. Yes, go. It'll help us keep the place. And remember, we've talked about these colonial powers a million times and always will because they're so important for building our modern, modern world. Britain knew this place was valuable. They knew they wanted to hang on to it. They did know these these people we've sent over here are a bit rambunctious. That's kind of what made us a little different was this. Britain didn't just show up to a bunch of people who were already here and say, all right, look, hey, we're going to give you some food and blankets and whatnot. Obviously, we're going to demand some military people if we need it. But you got protection and we got – there was a trade-off. You know, we, we've talked about the colonial trade-off. No, 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 no. Britain told their own people, anyone want to go to America? I mean, it's wild. You might die in the winter or of disease or something, but anyone want to go? Who steps up to go? There's a reason America had that freedom DNA. What kind of people step up and say, oh, I'll cross the Atlantic into the great unknown for a chance at being free. So you occupied it with all your people who had that DNA. We rebel. I'm not going to go over all that today. But long story short, by 1779, Britain is very, very frustrated by the slow pace, if you will, of the war. Now, it's not like they're out there taking huge military losses. They're not. We don't have the ability, really, to deal them huge military losses. They are far superior to us militarily. Men supplies the works. We are, you know, we have allies, France and Spain. We'll get to that in a second. Spain less so, but France and Spain. But the plan is this. The Brits, they want to win this thing, and they want to win it fairly quickly because it looks terrible for a colonial power to not be able to put down a rebellion. This was not a the great American revolution to them. These were... British subjects who were rebelling, it must be put down, and it should be easy, right? We are the this is this is Britain at the height of its power. Only it's turning out to not be easy. And that's when it gets frustrating when expectation levels go way high. These Americans are a little resilient. These Americans, led by Washington very cleverly, will not come out and just fight in these big pitched battles, let us slap you around once or twice, and then we'll all come back together again. No, 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 no. George Washington knows he cannot lose 
mass amounts of people in one pitched battle, so he simply doesn't fight it. The Brits have this whole New York area. You know, think New York City. It's a little more than that, but think New York City. They have it. They own it. It's all theirs. Washington is staying in the rural areas outside of there and simply will never engage the British in a big fight. This is very frustrating for Britain. And here's the great part. It's not for Washington. Remember, what are our overarching lessons? History always tells us it's very, very, very hard to fight and win wars on someone else's soil. I don't care what the technological difference is or anything else. It's very difficult. Why would George Washington be in a hurry? He lives here. He doesn't have any pride at stake either. He doesn't have anybody breathing down his neck. You should have beat the British yesterday. The fact he's still alive is pretty much thrilling everybody over here. Meanwhile, the Brits have people breathing down their necks. General, why haven't you won? General, why are we still there? General, you see what I mean? They have expectations. Britain also doesn't want to be here. They have, remember, this is only one of many colonies Britain has at the time. They don't have the manpower, the resources to continue to fight this never-ending slog with these freaking Americans who will not just give up. And back to Spain and France, mainly France. I need to stop throwing Spain in there as if they were equal partners in this whole thing. The useless Spanish, they, they had, here was a situation. Remember, this is after the Seven Years' War or French and Indian War, depending on whatever you want to call it. This is after that. Remember what happened during that war. Britain won, and Britain essentially took all of the North American colonies from France and Spain. That's way oversimplifying it. They didn't take all of them, but that's what you need to think. France and Spain are still real sore about that. Because this is a lucrative, gigantic new colony, this North America, and they want in. So they're joining us. Now you're the Brits. What do you have on your side? Well, you have a bunch of things on your side. All the money, power, troops, technology. And you really have so many of the Indian tribes on your side. Not all, but so many of them. Remember... Britain very much knew how to colonize a place and colonize it. I don't want to say peacefully, but relatively peacefully. They'd been moving into tribal people's places all over the world and figuring out a system that works for everybody. Look, your chief's going to be a kind of our chief now, but we're going to improve your quality of life, protect you, you help us out. And there's a big confederacy of six Indian tribes in the Northeast called the Iroquois Confederacy. It should be noted, this is not important to our story, but two of them eventually slipped away and just fought with us and loved us more. But the other four were all about the Brits. And in defense of the Iroquois Confederacy, before you go, those dirty, traitorous Indians, remember, until the American Revolution, we were all Brits. In their mind, they had a treaty with all of us, with the American colonies, with Britain over in Britain, because it's all one big country. It was, frankly, news to them. Wait, you're fighting against who? Wait, that's you. What do you mean you're fighting against you? But the Brits, 
they were excellent at this everywhere in the world, not just here. They were excellent at using what the native peoples they took over did really well. And what did the Iroquois Confederacy do well? Indian tribes in general? Hang on. As I told you, I'm looking to get a house. I'm looking to possibly get a house, I guess I should say. And I've done this before. I've bought plenty of vehicles before, plenty of homes before. And what is the first step every single time? Every time. You have to get that pre-approval letter before you put in an offer. What's the first step? Credit check. You may not think it's nice. You may not wish it was this way, but it is a fact of life. Any significant purchase you make in your life will involve a credit check. And if you go to ScoreMaster and raise your credit score 61 points, which is an average for ScoreMaster users, you can save $100,000 on that loan. Go to scoremaster.com slash jesse. That's scoremaster.com slash jesse. Like I said, the British were very, very, very good at the colonization thing. And they knew how to use the people there to their advantage. Now, I need to clarify again. That's not a rip on the British. The British, it's not a rip on the Indians. It's not a rip on the British. It's not a rip on the Americans. It was simply the reality of life. The Brits were really good at this. They knew what they were doing. And the Brits were constantly, this need, this really needs to be pointed out, constantly taking their relationship with the Indians here and using it to make life a living hell for the Americans. Using that relationship, twisting the knife, or just flat out abandoning them Remember, a big part of why we even fought a revolution, it wasn't just taxation without representation. It was because the Brits, as part of the colonial deal, you know, was to protect us. The Brits stopped doing that and just left Americans vulnerable to the Indian tribes. So there was already enough tension there. And now the Brits decided, well, we got these Indian friends, the Iroquois, and what are they really good at? They're really good at not necessarily open, huge combat. The Indians didn't fight that way. They were outstanding at guerrilla tactics. Obviously, when you live, work, and worship as they did, you're really good making your way silently, doing you know guerrilla warfare type stuff. Some might even call it terror type stuff. I don't necessarily go for that. I mean, I don't know what, again... I geek out on the Indian tribes. I don't know what you wanted them to do. They can't, They don't have the 
technology or resources to stand up in front of you and exchange musket fire. They're not doing that. And there was another aspect to tribal warfare. And that was kidnap, murder, rape of civilians. They didn't necessarily think of people that way. And I hate to ever defend things like that, but again, that's how the Indians fought. And it wasn't just like they fought that against us because they didn't like us. That's how they fought against each other all the time. It was not uncommon. Uh, you and 20 of your you know, other young men get together and you go raid an Indian village with people you dislike and you take their women and children with you as captives if you don't kill them. And some you do kill, and you kill them in gruesome ways. So the other tribes will fear you. These are not, and again, this is not universal with every Indian tribe, but these were common things, and it's what they were good at. And these stories by now were well known with the Americans and spread around, and every single American anywhere in the country knew about Indians and the atrocities and things Indian tribes would do. They did. It was, it was just, a, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it because all of America is settled now. But I want you to imagine the next state over has vast areas of land where there are some tribal peoples there. And you have heard stories about these tribal peoples coming down out of the hills and kidnapping women and children and, and burning them alive. That would be wild, right? Well, that was life in America back then. That was the life. They had areas like Pennsylvania, which we'll get to, which were considered to be, that was the frontier. That was the Wild West. And if you went out there, buddy, you better have some friends in a musket because it can get real dangerous out there. And I need to clarify here. All the relationships between the Americans and the Indians were not bad, not by a long shot. We had so many friends and so many good relationships and so many bad relationships. That's just the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the beast. In fact, if you want to know why two of the six tribes in the Iroquois Confederacy were on our side, it was because of a missionary. There was an American missionary who had been, you know, preaching to the Indians and got to know them so well, just a really great dude, and the tribes loved him and loved us, and we just got along good. But the Brits turn to the other four tribes of the Iroquois Confederacy, and they tell them, well, it's time for you to go do your raids on these Americans. We want to make these Americans on the frontier where Washington is. We want to make these American civilians feel fear. We want to make them think, oh, George Washington won't protect us from these Indian tribes. And they begin. And uh, I hate to defend the Iroquois here. But the Iroquois did have a treaty, a signed treaty with the British. And when they signed it, remember, that meant everyone in America, too. But they eventually figure out there's a war here. And the Brits, who they signed a treaty with, approached them and said, uh, yeah, we need you to go rape and pillage a bit. The Iroquois did. 
what their treaty required them to do. And don't, look, I'm not going to act like they were ho-hum about it. Oh, we really not, we're not comfortable with that, but okay. They were more than happy to do so. And they begin doing the things that you can picture in your mind to Americans. George Washington cannot afford to lose control of his frontier. That's his power base. He will lose the war if he does. George Washington... Look, you can read the letter yourself. I thought about reading it on the air. I won't. But issues very specific orders. There's no sugarcoating it. He grabs some of his officers and says, go terrorize these people. Because while the men, the Iroquois men, were out doing their raiding, the Iroquois who did have established villages, they left those villages undefended. And George Washington was infamous for doing that thing that all great generals do, that old Sun Tzu saying, do not attack what is strong, attack what is weak. If you're George Washington and the Iroquois men are raiding your countryside and pillaging your people, you're not going to go chase down a bunch of Indian warriors through the woods. You probably won't be able to find them anyway. You just go knocking on that door of that village and say, who's going to die today? Oh, and all your homes are burnt down. Oh, and we're taking all of your possessions that we don't burn alive. We raised the Iroquois Confederacy to the ground. Women and children. Many died. Many died. Almost all of them left completely wiped out and impoverished. Now, there was a fort there, a critical fort for the Brits called Fort Niagara. Okay? The Iroquois have a treaty with the Brits. The Iroquois men come back home from their raiding and find out George Washington has virtually destroyed their civilization. And I don't want you to picture him walking into a village or his men walking into the village and burning a couple huts and giving a sternly worded warning. We are talking destroying crops. Intentionally starving villages to death. That kind of image you see in the movies these days, child holding a toy, crying as as the evil soldiers ride off having burnt everything down. That's what our side did. Now back to this Fort Niagara. Hang on, I'll explain. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm not sure if you've heard this. Hang on. Let me check my watch here. Yep. It's October 12th today. You know what's coming, right? We have an election coming. Not even a month away. 
Do you have any idea what's going to happen to all that money of yours that's all in stocks and bonds if this election goes away the market doesn't want it to go? Look at history and go get a gold IRA now. Not tomorrow, not after breakfast, now. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They will make this easy for you. They will. But they can't do that if you don't go. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go today. Fort Niagara was a critical, critical fort for the British. Critical fort. Now, why were forts critical? I think we need to dwell on this for just a moment before we wrap this up. We talk a lot about forts because forts were around really until World War I. Remember, the history of mankind is a history of fortresses. World War One and the new artillery that could just incinerate a fort. World War One was really the end of their relevance. But pre World War One, history is forts everywhere. Why? Well, yes, part of it is the walls. That's obviously nice, but forts become a gigantic, protected Walmart. Now, that's a really simple way to put it, but think about this. We're dealing with frontier here. We are not dealing with civilization here in many cases. We're dealing with the frontier. If you want, I mean, it doesn't even have to be, you know, the Indians are coming. Hide me in the fort. If you want some basics, sugar. You, you just built a cabin and you need a window. You're going to the fort. Forts were a central hub of society, period. And they were huge supply depots for the army. As you, can't, you can't properly protect the amount of things you have to protect in order to fight wars. We have uh, 10,000 crates of musket balls. You send them into the fort. We have a bunch of food for the troops. You send them into the fort. You need forts badly. They're everything. We were always building them. The Brits were always building them. They're everything. You need your fort to be running well, too. The fort commanders were instrumental. Now, they didn't get the glory necessarily of the guys out there fighting pitched battles, but you needed your fort commander to be a logistical stud. All right, this is coming in here. This has to be parked here. This has to be ready for these guys. And think of the legit. I know it's boring, but it's something that matters because you don't think about it. Think of the logistics involved in shipping things when everything could only move at the speed of a horse. 
Okay, this is a fort. This is way. This is not how it worked. But all right, there's a fort here in uh, uh here in Illinois. We have a fort in Illinois. We have to send a bunch of musket balls to Tennessee, and they have to be here by this time to meet this army. But we also have to send a bunch of uh, food to Arizona, and it has to be here by this time to meet this army. So you see what I mean? When things take days, weeks to travel places. You have to have things snappy, organized, on point, communication. And during wartime like this, your forts have to really be humming and humming well. A real machine. Fort Niagara, that important fort for the Brits. Guess what they were doing at this time? They were busy dealing with the massive influx of Iroquois Confederacy refugee Indians who were now starving to death because George Washington burned them all out. This is, I'm not going to say one of the, you know, top two things that won the war. This is on the list of critical things that helped America win the American Revolution, and go on to be leader of the free world, creator of all this prosperity, the standard of living you and I luxuriate in every single day. It was built on things like this. So allow us to rewind one more time and ask what I asked you at the beginning. What are you willing to do to live in that society? What are the rules? What should the rules be? I don't expect you to be comfortable burning out and killing women and children out of villages. That is, I'll tell you, I don't know if I could do it. I don't think I could do it. I mean, if it's a bunch of dudes, yeah, I could do that. That's no problem. But women and kids, man, that's 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 tough for me. As big of an animal, monster, soulless human being as I am, you ask me to hurt women or kids, I, I don't know that I could do it. Okay, then your response to me could easily be, fine, then you don't want to free America. No, I'm not asking you to hurt women and kids. Please don't ever, 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 ever do that for any reason whatsoever. But understand, rules of engagement change as conditions on the ground change. Rules of what is right and acceptable, they're fungible. Hang on. Do you know that cybercrime is up 75%? 75% since the lockdown started? That is, I heard that stat and my jaw fell open. And you know the number one cybercrime right now, I've told you before, home title theft. Your home title is not a physical item. 
It is digital now. And because it's digital, these cyber thieves, they are licking their chops thinking about getting their hands on it. If they get a hold of your home title, they will forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you have to pay that loan back. You have to pay that loan back. Your home insurance isn't going to do it. You are. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and start protecting yourself. It's the only way to protect yourself from it. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code RADIO. Get you 30 days for free. We have another dead Trump supporter. Denver this week. I'll go over some details here in a minute. This is now a pattern. This is now a thing. Four years. Four years of assaults and murder of Trump supporters, of people on the right. And this is not about to go away anytime soon. We have a nation full of entitled little babies without any emotional control who've been told by every Democrat and every person in the media that Republicans are all Nazis. You take a bunch of mentally unbalanced people and tell them they're fighting Nazis, they're going to commit acts of violence. Time to adjust some rules. Hang on. Kelly show Newton group transfer. They are here to help you. If you're stuck in a timeshare, these stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them. They're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.